My name is Tucker Max, and you are listening to the 11th episode of Diggin' for Bones. On today's episode, I interview Pup Ashtray. Pup Ashtray is the producer of the LA Pup Contest, as well as the LA Pup Festival, Bones, multiple parties that happen there in the Los Angeles area, kink events. He is also a judge of some title competitions and hosts, you name it. This is a busy puppy. And if you've at all been interested in the competition side and title holding side of the pup community, I highly recommend listening to this episode. There's some historical history we covered, just lots of really good juicy bones in here. All right, enjoy the episode. Hey friends, uh, welcome to episode 11 of Digging for Bones. Today I have Pup Ash here with me, who is the producer of the LA Pup Competition, as well as the LA Pup Festival. Um, so Ash, thanks for being on. How are you? Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Um, so tell me about yourself a little bit. Who are you um, and what kind of puppy are you? Um, so I'm actually from Huntington Beach, a native, and um, I I basically came from um, like a very kind of regular like Christian family, and then I was like their black sheep, like their major black sheep, <laughs> basically. And um, I I went through a lot. Like at a young age, I started kind of figuring myself out. And um, I kind of connected with the idea of, of being a puppy. Um, it seemed very natural to me, actually. Uh, and then at this point, um, I had a 23-year-old boyfriend. And he basically um, kind of coerced me into getting into some kind of kinky stuff. And uh, when we uh, out like this like contract, and you know, I would follow the rules on the contract, basically. And one of them was, uh, let's try God. And we did. And I've been doing it ever since then. <laughs> Very cool. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's that's a, a, a deep upbringing, especially in the pup play community. So you've been doing it a while. 20, 26 years. Wow. Yeah, that is a, that is a <laughs> long time. Yes, it uh, is. <laughs> so down there in, in Los Angeles, how would you describe the puppy community? Oh, we're great. I love it down here. Um, it's a very, very, um, uh, they're very active community. They like the way that they, uh, they like to look good and they like to enjoy themselves. And honestly, it's, it's like, they can't get enough pictures. <laughs> and in general, I think it's, it's a really, really great vibe down here. Um, we're definitely, um, like our own though, too. I think, I think that LA has its own, mm -hmm. like, uh, kind of spirit. And uh, that carries through in the puppy scene as well. Definitely. I was just on a cruise and I met a lot of people and puppies from Los Angeles. Um, Very think, active. <laughs> yeah, I think Titan might be down there in L.A. I got to meet him. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, everybody was super nice. But that's, uh, that's just the L.A gay scene as well. The pictures and <laughs> looking good. Definitely. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and then puppies, puppies love a picture too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's definitely that's Los Angeles. And if you see Letter Candy, don't forget the tacos. All the tacos. Of course not. Mm. <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit. What is the LA Pup Festival and competition? So um, ba basically back in 2000, um, 
I was um I, I was I had a title. I was Mr. Bullet Leather 2014, and um I uh started these different like uh events and stuff like that that ended up taking off. They started becoming very popular, and I was fundraising like crazy for different charities. And all all this was happening, and I was like the inner pup inside of me still wanted to come out. You know, like like um the scene going on at that point in time it kind of went underground in LA but like maybe about five years before that there was there was kind of a prominent scene um and uh basically I kind of just wanted to bring it back up and uh so parties started getting thrown like one was thrown at the and then I decided I wanted to throw one at the bullet called dog pound and uh dog pound has been going still since since then for nine years and uh Basically, the LA Pup Contest is like it was like a culmination of efforts that came out of Dog Pound. Like we started to choose the uh, Pride festivals and things, and uh, and then we'd have all these moshes. People started like really kind of becoming together. There wasn't like a central location or a central group, you know. And um, like so, basically, what we did is we we took this idea of you know leather contests or whatever, and we added puppy to it instead and uh then the la pup contest was born that's that's awesome and i i love a grassroots story and that and throwing yeah. parties are such a it's a difficult thing to do i've been looking into doing that myself um i've mm-hmm. been like talking around this idea of a bridge city kennel club up here in portland um and parties are hard because you got to like, they are, you almost have to find like an investor to give you the money ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. It is. One of the things that uh, the reason why I really wanted to do the LA pup contest was because um, when I was growing up <clears throat> as a pup, I didn't actually know any other pup. Um, and uh, I was really lonely. And I, sometimes I thought there was something wrong with me. And um, it ended up being that, no, it was just that, like uh, they weren't around. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a big thing at that point. So um, when I created the contest, I wanted to have a place where all these as well. That's why we did Dog Pound and everything is so that people could meet again and start seeing that that this is a beautiful community. So we started throwing all those everywhere. We started throwing something called, um, something called, um, uh, sorry. Um, we started throwing a, a party for furries as well. That's called Beast. And um, I just feel like branch out as much as we can to the community and help help them find each other because I, I would have loved that when I was younger if I could have found more like me. <laughs> yeah, I and that's such an important part is, you know, I've, as I talk to puppies, there's a lot of community around it and not all the uh-huh. pups are in it for the community. And, and that, oh, that's no, fine, no. but yeah. a huge, a huge portion of us are. Um, and you know, one thing I find interesting is the difference between like a paw organization, uh, yeah. pets and handlers or pups and handlers. Um, mm-hmm. and you chose to do like a title competition. Um, what makes doing a competition so special? Um, well, it gets people to, it, it brings up community leaders. Okay. Like that's one of the things I like about it is like, and people who go for it, they go for all sorts of different reasons, but it seems to, to me that the ones that really, really want it are community people that really, really want to go out there and do, make a difference and like help the community and stuff like that. And so 
having a title is the perfect thing for that because you can you can do a lot with a title. I personally tell everybody you can do a lot. You don't even need a title. I say that all the time. But it is true that it is a stepping stone in a way. Like you can you can get access to things you wouldn't normally have as just a regular person, you know. And um it's um it's actually because um I've noticed that whoever is our title holder, they grow so much within that year and change so much. It's like it's just really beautiful to see somebody blossom so quickly because um they have you know they feel like they have a responsibility sometimes when in in reality just like you know it's for fun is, is the way i like to say it but um it's it's become something more than that to a lot of them and uh, i appreciate that it means a lot to me too oh i love that you said that when i i can relate to that a lot when i was yeah. going for the oregon state pet um and everyone on the show knows that competition fell apart and was canceled and mm-hmm. but the reality That's is, right, is that sucks. it was it was bad um <laughs> but the the reality is, is the three months that i had that i was preparing for it i was so new to the scene but i i wanted to pay respect and do my due diligence in competing yeah. and so it like forced me to like do my homework and research and look into the community and meet people in the community and you know at the time (laughs) i thought (laughs) to myself if i win this title i want to start a podcast (laughs) and Uh use my title to launch my podcast and you know what after it was all said and done i realized that like that was just for fun and i can still do all of the goals i had um but after my divorce, I felt like, you know, just the competing side of it really helped me grow as a person. And yeah. ah, I, I mean, love hearing you say that. People, people change um, very quickly. And all too is the group themselves, the people that run together, they become such, they have such a strong bond because of running together. I actually made it, I nurtured that more by like, I added, with our contest, we have like a, um, a special group online where, you, like on Telegram, everybody can, like, as soon as they sign sign in and you know we accept their application, they can go in and they talk together. They go and they meet up before the contest, and um, we have photo shoots before the contest, and it's just like, I love it. It's one of my favorite things. Every year, I get a, a new batch of awesome, really well. So that's awesome. And yeah, and it's so important to hear this too. There's been so much controversy around title competitions right now. And I think people forget how important they are and that, you know, I think we do as a community sometimes put a little too much emphasis on title holding and forget what it's actually for. <laughs> right, um, right, exactly. And and it, it is. It's like don't take yourself too seriously. Remember community. Have fun. Have fun. Like right. at the end of the day, it's supposed to be fun. <laughs> well, when people get like like um, one of the biggest things I can I can say is a mistake that I've seen in the past too with with um pups and gen go for the title is like if they get too competitive with each other. That's where it, it just literally rips everything up apart. Because the more competitive they are with each other, the less they're communicating and being connective. And like the whole point is to, is to connect like to the community to these new people that are around you so it's like that's i'd say the competition itself is like i don't even like using the word competition with with it i 
I, I say LA Pup Pride or let's say Pup Contest. But yeah, um, competition. I, I don't like the word so much because I feel like it kind of like it kind of like bolsters people's you know uh, egos a little bit. Like, oh, I'm in a competition now. It's like, um, yeah. But the, it is it is competitive in ways. But um, I always tell everybody who runs that the only person that they're actually competing with is themselves. Oof, I love that. Yeah. Um, so I am curious, what's it like working on all of this with your partner? I absolutely love Dan's artwork. And He's so incredible. I... I love him so much. Uh, Dan's work is the best. Um, like, he is meticulous about it, and uh, he... Um, Dan basically he's been logos and everything that we've done together since we created um, our group which is called Skullbit Creative um, and uh, basically he he also does his own like fine art as well um, but he's really good at like somebody could say this is what I want for a logo and then he'll produce it like it's always really right on people love it um, we came up with the LA Pup logo together um, and uh, Logo, if, if you see it, if or if you're listening, you can probably look it up. It's it's out there. Um, it basically uh, in the background, which is a picture that I took from the 12th floor of my apartment before we met. Um, and uh, then it's got like a little puppy in it that's sitting there, and he's like in front of um, in front of a fire hydrant. And that little puppy is actually literally we, we did a photo shoot with me. <laughs> and he put me into the, into it because he said I should be on it. So that little puppy there is actually me. And the photo was taken, and it was a beautiful day. Um, then uh, we basically we encompassed the entire thing to look like we wanted to, to show LA, but then to show that it, like it's you know it's a really beautiful piece of work. I think. God, the the context to that. Thank you for sharing that. That's really deep. <laughs> I don't think I'll yeah. be able to look at the logo the same again, which I'm sure is is great. I love art. Art is so cool. Um, it is. Dan's art that he drew up of your contestants from the last round was also really beautiful. <laughs> well, we we always do a photo. We like to do one or two. Um, we did two this time as well. Um, the first photo shoot was um, we wanted to do some like like it out really well actually, and. Um, uh, we went to this area over here that's by the river, LA River, and like the same same places for all four, um, all five of them, and um, basically the uh, um, the way that they was okay. It was kind of hit and miss, but then Dan took it and he put it into his, you know, put it on his iPad, and he just added all these components that just made it look so futuristic and beautiful. I mean, he really knows what he's doing. <laughs> that's awesome. I. It's I love editing. That's like my favorite part of photos. It's so much fun. <laughs> I even have my friend, uh, Wolf Striker. He like gave me. He posted these photos one day, and I just like took all of them and edited them, <laughs> and then sent them <laughs> to him. <laughs> wow. Um, it's I I love editing. It's such a yeah, such a fun headspace. Um, I do it for hours myself. Like I really like playing with photos. So how do you approach? You, you have so many brand logos attached <laughs> to this competition and 
Girl, I, I don't even have one sponsor yet. Um, besides like the the one in the beginning of the podcast that just comes with the, the platform that I use to get a penny per episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so how do you approach getting sponsors and partners and what has fundraising been like? Oh gosh, <laughs> this is such a that's a loaded question right there. It's a big deal. Um like honestly, like fundraising is difficult. It always is. And um the only way that it's ever fun is if people actually want to help do it. Because like, um, and people will come out of the woodworks and we have a bunch of people working on a project together. It's great when that happens. But so as far as sponsors go, I really, um, writing to people, that's what you have to do. You have to like, basically write them a letter, like a personal letter. Like, this is what I like about your company. This is what, uh, what you have there. This is why I think you should be a part of my, my event. And like, I'm, I'm a writer. So I'm, I was a journalist for like 10, 15 years. Um, so I just basically write these really personal letters, and then after that, it's got an attached to the back. It's got like a formula of everything, like uh, how how many people will be there, how many you know, like what kind of people will be there, like all of that. It's all listed, and about uh, probably about six to seven months to get a really healthy list for your you know or piece of uh has all the all the in, all the input in it. And uh, yeah, it's definitely a, it's a feat, <laughs> but um, best thing you can do is just be very personable and like definitely, you know, I'm not saying to like, you know, lift their butts or anything like that. I'm just, it's probably better to, um, to like, let them know that you're interested for a reason or give them, give them something like, like um, I'm actually working off right now and they're great. They're a great company. Um, and uh, basically, we're it's totally tit for tat. I'll do this for you, and I'll be like, okay, well, I'll do this for you. And like, I can invite them into other events through, like when I get when I get, uh, okay, you guys want to do this one too, and then offer it to them. And it's just I don't know. It's like you have to develop a relationship with basically the um, media they have. So That's it's a lot. <laughs> I'm yeah. learning so much right now. No, I need to. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of, I just hit a thousand just over, I, I'm over it now, but I, while I was on the cruise, I hit my thousand plays, um, which is, was such a huge moment for me. Cause I was like, that's like a thousand hours that people have been listening um, to the content. And I know it's not a lot, but it's, it's definitely like, no, that, that is a lot. I was like, that's like a good milestone number. That's a lot. <laughs> and yeah. I was really proud of it. And so I'm yeah, starting to think about like what happens next. And on that note, I really appreciate all the fan mail. So everybody who sends me messages, and, <laughs> you know, I do, I do get some letters and it's really sweet. I love the pup community because people are in this community are so good about telling you what you're doing right not just like coming at you with feedback like other communities yeah. i'm a part of um and i've always really appreciated Definitely. that um so in the competition what are some of the things that pups get judged on if they're competing for a title um the, so we basically have a whole point point system that has um they get judged on uh on their their creativity, they get judged um, how they present themselves, um, how they're if they're a community player, how much they're involved in the community, um, and uh, the 
a, a short it's not like a speech because i don't really when i saw that you know puppies don't really they don't give speeches i, I don't know it just didn't seem right to me so and then made it more it's a it's a serious question they get a serious question they answer that graded on that they get a funny question and then you see how you know how they react to that and they get graded on that and like basically it's a lot of stuff a lot of different components but mostly it's just we're trying to figure out who suits the who deserves it who who really would make the best community leader for it and um every single la pup that we've ever had i love i love them so much like they're all totally different <laughs> and um focused on you know like social media and then other ones are more focused on going to different events and it's just like i love working with all of them things i will say about my contest that makes me very proud is that it's one of the only contests where you can be anyone one can can enter it doesn't matter like like you don't have to be a certain way we we accept all and we've had all sorts of people win it so i love that um yeah so actually on that note uh you mentioned like the social media pups and like when you're when you're going for a title like you just like draw any competition that's like a pageant almost like you are kind of creating a brand for yourself uh how how what are ways that pups can kind of get their name out there if they're like because they like you said you're getting judged on your community involvement you need to be seen um so what are ways that you look for someone and how they're being seen and, and their perception in the community well, um, judges are, are very, they, they pay attention. I'm, I'm a judge all the time. Mr. Bullet contest like two weeks ago. And like when we're looking at people who are, um, you know, going for a title, we look at a lot of, one of the main things that we like to look for though is are they committed to the things that they do? So it's like, if you are, um, if, if you say like, oh, I'm this group, how often do you do it? You know, why do you do it? That kind of stuff. They get, you'll get lots of questions like that as as um the interview progresses, and like it's very important for everyone to realize that you can't just like run into a title. It, it's very rare to say I'm gonna get this and then just go in without any experience and get it. Like I didn't win my first title, uh, and I mean I don't know many people. Who... So honestly, I think what it is is like you have to um you have to like go to different tests and maybe even volunteer for them. Like, that's a great idea. Um, or like, go to like, um, like here we've got the Leather Foundation um, and we have the um, the uh, Tom and Finland Foundation. And like, it, I, I volunteer there still all the time as their bartender. And like, it's important to go out there and meet the community and be a part of it as well, not just try to get a title. So, um, that every single person we've ever had has done a lot of community service in many wonderful ways. So, um, the Tom Finland, I didn't know that was in LA. That oh, yeah, yeah, special that uh, you have that there. Oh my gosh, I love it. Places it's a museum now, like it's a historic landmark, and um, it's an echo it, park. It should be, <laughs> yeah, it, it really should be. Yeah, that's cool. I just bought a bunch of stickers from them, and I've noticed that. Tom Finland has been, you know, ramping up their 
uh, merchandise lately. Yeah. And I've been yeah, seeing their logo and stuff everywhere. So that makes more sense is it's, it's probably being commercialized into a foundation. Um, that's cool. If, if those of you listening don't know who Tom Finland is, I highly recommend as soon as this episode's over, please look up the history on that. It's important queer history um, and beautiful artwork. <laughs> um, this is this is artwork before, you know, before really allowed to exist. <laughs> um, and um, it seems like like he really was a pioneer. So I completely agree with you on that. Yeah, it's just it's important part of our history um and the the flagging and like pe- people looked for that artwork in bars and you know it it, it re- usually symbolized like safe place for cruising and things like that um so what are steps pups can do you know we've talked a little bit about this but you know someone's sitting at home listening to this they're in their car right now and they want to go out for a title um how do they find a title competition what can they do to compete what is what does those first steps look like? The best way to access those, you know, like to to get into a contest, I'd say, would be to find your local community. There's there's a local community everywhere, even in the smallest places. I've talked to people all over the all over the globe that have said that they have a small city. You know, they have this, they have that, and um, this this first place to go, I'd say, is to the actual community. Because you're going to be representing them eventually. It's important to start where you start where your heart is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, how, what can we do as puppies or community leaders, people who are running events, um, just to ensure that our trans pups, brothers and sisters, and puppies, and people of color, and people with accessibility needs uh, feel welcome at our events? Because I mean. It's no secret that putt play is pretty dominated by white cisgender, like men, gay men. Um, But that's not who it's, it's, it's definitely not exclusive to that. And I know it's about visibility. So in my opinion, what the best thing that you can do if you have an event or anything like that is stick them on the poster. I mean, honestly, that I don't understand why people don't do that more. Um, One of my title holders um, a couple of years ago, um, he he explained that to me. He said he said why get different people on the posters. You know, it doesn't always have to be the same kind of person. And so we started, you know, exploring with that. And uh, it, it see someone that they identify with on the poster, they're going to show up to it. You know, so it's like it's a really creative idea, and it's it's a little bit it's like um on walls in a lot of ways. So I honestly think that you just just putting somebody who's who deserves to be on a poster on the poster helps so much like um that and then i'd also say that um sometimes we get a little too hung up on these small world these days like it drives me crazy because i'm not i'm like right right before the millennials i'm tail into generation x um in, in our day it was there was like very little care about lots of things and now there's like so much care about so many things I think we just the best thing that we could do is focus on um, just being there for each other, not not saying this person needs that, but being there for each other instead of just like you know saying oh this person doesn't get this we want we want to get them this just you know what I'm saying like it's it's I feel like um, there's a lot of waste wasted time talking instead of just actually doing. I couldn't agree more. That's like. 
we want to be allies, so we just sit around talking about being allies instead of actually right. practicing allyship. <laughs> exactly. No, I, yeah. I I love that. It's it's an important question that I wanted to ask, um, because it, it's just it's it it is important, but it also it's the Achilles tendon of a lot of competitions right now. It's part. Mm-hmm. I mean. It's, you could arguably say that there's roots of that into why my competition that I was a part of fell apart. Um, IMLBB just lost its oh, yeah. BB. <laughs> That's right. I remember um, I saw that. Yeah, because of all of this and for valid reasons. But it's also because, like, for a lot of what you said, like, a lot of talking and not doing. Um, mm-hmm. So thanks for answering yeah. that. Oh, it's, it's it's a difficult question, but I definitely think it's an important thing to think about. Everybody should be thinking about it. Um, so fun question. What is your favorite pup performance you've seen on stage? So the best the best pup um uh, performance I ever saw was um, a pup from a few years back. Basically, did this really awesome scene where um it kind of looked like they were being jerked off on at the very end of it. And like, like, like then they sprayed like cream, like all over the place. And it was just the most brilliant. Thing. Everybody was in tears laughing so hard. And I mean, I wish I could explain it better than that, but it was a while back now. And, um, you know, like, like I've never seen more hysterics with pups, just like literally almost crying all over the place because it was unexpected for um, messy. <laughs> yeah, with such a splash. Yes. <laughs> Woof. Um, yeah. I didn't get to see this, but I heard the competition before mine, well, before COVID, so it was a wise bag. Someone did yeah. Shibari with themselves from oh their gosh. Oh my God. <laughs> and I, it's one that I'm like, gosh, I wish I could have seen that. So I. I, I think there's so much more to what can be done on stage. Cause like when I first yeah. start, stepped up there, I was like, well, I need to get a handler and I'm just going to do tricks, but it's like, think outside the box. There's a lot more <laughs> that you can do than just doing some tricks with the handler uh, for these competitions. Like that's the thing is, is like um, really when it comes down to it, the whole reason why we actually have the whole fantasy section in, in the contest is because sort of, freaking creative they're brilliant i mean that's one of the reasons why i love pups so much is they're brilliant they come up with these ways to make themselves so unique especially you know their hoods and everything so why not you know have a a portion of it the contest where they get to just act out whatever they are like why the fantasy section is in it is because literally it's the most entertaining part of the whole contest is when they get up there and they're like hey this is me watch this and like them just i mean they take it away they they seriously take it away. It's so beautiful. So I got to tell you this. So I was just uh, over on the Atlantis cruise and unofficially <laughs> they had their third uh, puppy pool day. Um, uh-huh. It was a fucking blast. So oh, wow. what they did is the MC for the entire cruise came out, which I wasn't expecting him, but it was really cute. And we're all in the pool and he has the microphone and he's doing a competition and they were going to mm-hmm. do a couple contests with everybody. But even, like, as he's emceeing, Pups were just, like, you would have thought the whole thing was scripted. Like, one of them <laughs> went up and collared him and leashed him while he was emceeing. <laughs> and it was so fucking funny. 
we had awesome. the biggest crowd of people sitting around the pool watching us. Like, out of all the little events they did, I mean, it was massive how many people came to watch the pups. One in particular, are you, are you familiar with Billy what? Porter? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, Billy Porter was there and uh-huh. walks by <laughs> and literally pauses and has this, like, look of horror in his face. With like a, what the fuck am I looking at right now? <laughs> he, sits, he sits down. He's like, oh, no, but please continue. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's so, really funny. The pup, um, No, sorry. Finish your story and then I'll tell you mine. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really fucking cute. So he's sitting there watching and then they did trivia. And so they're like, they threw all the answers to their trivia questions were on balls that they threw into the pool. And then we had to, as they asked the question, find the answer on the ball and then bring it to the lifeguard and play fetch, essentially, which was this, like, super cute pool game to do with puppies. Mm. Um, and it was so funny to watch everybody, like, tackle each other and bark at each other. <laughs> and then they did a relay race, and I was on team one, um, and I got to be the first one to go. And as soon as he said go... Of course, the other pup wasn't listening, so we had to restart the race. And then he said, go again. <laughs> and, like, just out of magic, like, we're supposed to be racing each other. And halfway through mm-hmm. the pool, we look at each other and just start humping each other in the pool. And it was so <laughs> fucking hilarious. Uh, awesome. Yeah, it was great. So tell me your story. What were you going to say? Oh, so, like, one thing I, I do love about the pup community, too, is there. Like, no matter where they are, it's like, if they're doing something and it's in a group setting, everyone's going to look. It's just, I love it. It like, makes me smile. Because, like, we threw this thing and we're actually doing it again uh, on the 26th of March. It's called the um, Off Sunset Puppy Olympics, where I basically, we set up like a, um, kind of like a obstacle course, basically outside at, at this uh, basically giant in a park. And then... The pups go and they they uh they do it and then they get a prize afterwards every time. So it's like, um, it's but like when we actually have the, the the main part of it where everyone's actually doing it, there is like hundreds and hundreds of people that will just like crowd around the whole area and watch it. It's awesome. Like, yeah. I think pups pups are magic. They have such magic about, you know, like uh, it comes out and people see that. And then also people love dogs too, so you know. <laughs> I know who doesn't love a puppy. It, as soon as people can like separate the like this is has literally nothing to do with real dogs part of the pet play, um, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And I I love how many people will come up, and I'm sure you've heard it before too. One of my favorite, it's like my favorite compliment as a puppy, is I've been really weirded out, or this isn't my thing. But, you know, after hanging out with you or after seeing this pup or after being at the Eagle tonight, I'm curious or I'm intrigued. And when yes. I hear that from people, it just warms my heart. And it is it's beautiful. I, it's so cool because I'm like, thank you for opening up um, and like, you know, not yucking on someone's yum, as we say in the kink world. But also just like, you know, it's cool to see people get intrigued by it. And then my other favorite thing is when people come out of the woodworks and be like, hey, I, I put on a hood last night and I really liked it. <laughs> I mean, there's what's not to like. That's what I was I explained when I try to explain what pup play is to me, like what it actually means to me. It's freedom. It's like literally the minute that you you 
have that hood on or you just have not you don't even need a hood but like the minute that you're in that mode you're in puppy mode you um you're just it's free it's like from the day disappear it's almost like a meditation to me i feel uh-huh. so much so much freer and so much more of a like life so much when i'm like that and you know what it means to us is different for everybody and it's it is yeah you brought that up because i actually i i just kind of figured that out for myself even after all this time um so i've been kind of a show pup and i like making mm-hmm. people laugh and i like the instagram and the podcast mm-hmm. and that stuff um, yeah. I really struggled with my first mosh and I couldn't get in the headspace. Um, and I really struggled in spicy sex time. Um, <laughs> I could get there, but I was still kind of not, I was still more on the gear fetish side of things than necessarily the puppy side. Um, right. But that changed for me in the last couple of weeks. And I really started to figure out like for me, I think pup was a real representation or this personification or animal, whatever you, whatever the word is I'm looking for, um, of just being new into the kink space and the sex positive. Oh, you're so right. So right about that. Yeah. I just like, I felt like a pup in that space. And so I had this naiveness that reminded me of a puppy and it was just Mm -hmm. so fitting to take on that and it's interesting because as i talk to like a lot of mature pups like some of them they're not as like into the hood and gear necessarily or just outward with that side of it as they were in their early days but it's still there i I don't i'm i'm very often and um yeah it's like like because when i was a puppy i had my body that's all i had we didn't have tails or anything you know so it's like i can see how that that correlates for sure and yeah, it was, it, it's just been interesting. And so as I've matured and become less and less naive and get more and more experience, I like pup's been such like a therapeutic thing for me. And I like really came to a nice place with it. Well, mm-hmm. and then the other night at the Eagle, cause like I said, I struggled with the mosh. I couldn't get into a headspace, but the pool, I got into a headspace for a moment. Mm-hmm. It was fleeting, but it was there. Um, yeah. as I was doggy paddling for Billy Porter. I'm never going to forget that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and... Oh, I got a great story for you in a minute. Okay, keep going. I'll tell you a really funny story yes. in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was at the bar and I went and I was, I was, I missed all my gayness from the cruise and I, I went out to the pup social at our Eagle here and I was sitting with these two alphas and I sat down on the floor and I was getting head pats in a crowded, busy ass bar and I was just so happy to be there. <laughs> and oh, I was great. like, and you know what? And people were walking by and looking. And I I was so relaxed just sitting at their feet, getting head pats. It was so special. And the combination of that and then the other thing is, is on the cruise, I hooked up with this, I call him the god of filth. He's just this like ripped, sexy ass piggy man who made really awesome animal sounds and it rubbed off on me and oh yeah figurative, figuratively and literally um and i now have like my animal sounds which are there and they're not going away Hot. and they've only improved Hot. and i'm like loving every second of it and so yeah. it's been cool that like what's pup mean for me thing like in the last couple of weeks i'm like that that's upgraded I, I feel like i've like passed into the next phase for myself it's been really cool Wow, it's awesome. 
So um, what? What's your story? Okay, okay, yeah, this is great. You're, you're gonna love this. It's actually the TV starts. Um, uh, so we were throwing dog pound. I think it was the second one in at the um festival, and so we had like this. It's like a kennel that was set up basically, and um, I'm sitting there and I, I'm base. I'm on all fours. I've got like I have a toy in my mouth. I'm just walking around, and then um. Uh, my, my handler Dan, he was with me. We just kind of look over to our right, and I, I, I like indicate like I dropped, dropped you know my toy out of my mouth, and I'm like indicating there was. Oh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. So, um, basically, um, Rob McElhenney and Caitlin in front of us. <laughs> yeah, um, and they they're like outside the kennel. We're inside the kennel, and. So what is this all about? And we're like, oh, we um, basically, this is you know, it's a, it's, it's a whole subculture here. We were, you know, um, we just explained puppy play basically, and um, <laughs> that, uh, thing. <laughs> and they, they were so nice and so curious about it all, and like just like engaging with us. It was so cool. I was a little starstruck because I really really liked the show, and um, I love them. I think they're brilliant. Um, and, uh, but it was funny. Cause like, as I was like, I was like playing with one of the toys on the ground, Caitlin Olsen's like, take a straight boy. And it was so funny just cause like it was out of nowhere. And I was just like, oh, what the heck? And she's like laughing. And I don't know. It was just really, I'll never forget. And, uh, and, uh, it was really, really shocking. Like, I mean, how often do you bump into people who you see on TV every day? It's like, yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah. I love I hate getting starstruck when I when I blush. Like if someone I like yeah. hits on me, I actually like I, I physically lose the ability to talk for a moment. I hate mm-hmm. it. Um, and I, when I met Titan <laughs> at the cruise, I felt so stupid. <laughs> I was like, I'm so good at like I'm a good people person, and I just like, <laughs> I, I, I it worked out fine. I, I think it was a good interaction. But I felt so stupid. I like he walked away, and I was like, "Why didn't you talk more? Come on, Tucker! Like, what's wrong with you?" <laughs> uh, it, was fucking funny. it was really yeah. funny. <laughs> uh, um, it's it's just really great because like one of the, this is one of those conversations where I'm just happy that I'm having it. Period. And this is like one of the one of the points that I'm always trying to explain to people about the pup community. You and I have never met. We've never seen each other in the flesh. We know of each other. We meet through, you know, the, the internet, and we're. Act, I feel like you're like one of my closest friends right now. Like Aww. that's that's a, that is a community right there. That's the pup community. They it, they're always there and loyal and good people. Mm, thank you. <laughs> I feel you're the welcome. same way. It's mutual, so I appreciate that. Oh, that really warms my heart. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and there's always this level of like spiciness I feel sometimes on these two where I'm like, I, there's like this like friendship that just feels like it's there. Um, mm-hmm. It's kinky and hot and mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. And like, and that just, that's what pup play is. It's kinky, hot and funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's the, it's the beginning. And, and I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the all, it's everything to me, really. Honestly, it's like, it's my life. <laughs> So what are 
what are some of the ways you explore like the kinks and find new things for yourself outside of the public eye, like oh. at home? So, uh, um, me and my partner, we have an open relationship and we're very, very cool about it. Um, I believe personally that, that, um, just, to, you know, everyone has their opinion, but my opinion on it is, is that men were kind of the sound sluttier than it's supposed to but okay so what what i believe is that men were made made to spread the seed basically a straight man that's what you would be doing right mm-hmm. okay so like monogamy wasn't really in the originally and then it's just like because of society and the way that everything was built up it kind of grew in that direction now for gay people or you know anybody who's who's um not living the heteronormative lifestyle or whatever um they basically we 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 have the freedom to choose what to do with that you know because we're not Mm -hmm. gonna we're not we're not making babies so i mean i mean i'm trying (laughs) yeah well i mean like that's that's a personal joke that I always joke about. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna eat your babies, <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, but no. Uh, um, basically, uh, I feel like like as as gay men, we have the choice to be, basically do. We could try to emulate our you know straight counterparts, our parents or whatever, but it doesn't work because it's two male energies. You know, like female and male energy, and I feel like. We, we have to figure it out for ourselves. And me and my partner, what we've decided is that we can play with whoever. We are completely honest with each other. We never lie to each other. Never. Okay. And that's that's the hugest, most important part is that you cannot lie. And uh, we just keep our hearts open with each other. And so if you want to go play with someone, go do that. Have fun. Tell me about it later. Same thing. And then like we still, you know, we're still together and we love each other very much. And I mean, we're going on nine years now almost 10 years soon congratulations yeah it's it's really what it's about for me is like like you can choose what you want to do with it if if, let me rephrase that um you can do what you want with it um i love that i you know in my growth and stuff i've been learning um instead of saying something for me that i've worked on because like the male energy, female energy can even change what, what we've been conditioned to attach to those words. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. I, for myself, I call it sun and moon energy because I've, I've met plenty of heterosexuals where those are flipped. Uh, oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And so that like protector nurture role, um, I've kind of labeled the sun energy and the other one I've labeled the moon to take the gender out of it because that's um, a better way to do it. I like that. I really like yeah, that. Yeah, because like I, I can't stand the question like who's the girl in the relationship. It's so fucking offensive. Um, it is extremely I'm like, offensive. I'm like, neither I mean, of like, us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And... Well, that's the thing. It's like, like when, when, um, when, notice when uh, any kind of, uh, you know, gender, gender roles, all that stuff comes up. That's when everything starts kind of getting really, you know, like it gets kind of it gets tense. And well, um, yeah, <laughs> and I, I mean, obviously, it's because we're all different and we're all who we are, who we actually are inside and know that that's what, what we are and what we're supposed to be. But well, that's I not tap, uh, as it, I, I want to tap on the part you were talking about, um, 
you know, we can do it like our straight counterparts because I yeah. also have a realization of this. So I got divorced and uh-huh. I had a beautiful, beautiful marriage, beautiful wedding. And a lot of our relationship was great and parts of it weren't. Obviously, it, it, the marriage failed. Um, but right. something I thought about was like I wasn't out and connected to my gay community like I am now. Like I felt yeah. like I've come out for the first time, even though I was kind of out before I got married. I really came out during my marriage. But I fell in love and was at prime marriage age at 26 years old right when gay marriage legalized. And so there was almost this like social pressure that, you know what, now it's cool for you to be gay and follow the script that straight people do instead of yeah. like going and finding my queer community like everyone yeah. else had to do. And it didn't work. Um, it and- didn't work. <laughs> and you I, can't they aren't that's the thing is like like i mean you could if you wanted to but i've seen maybe three percent of those relationships even 10 15 years so it's yeah, like it's, to me that's anecdotal yeah. that's anecdotal yeah. evidence just to be yeah. sure people aren't offended by it because like i do think yeah. some people i do think monogamy is beautiful and it works it for is. some people it is. um and i'm not one of those people that's like polyamory is better than monogamy i oh, think no. that they're both it's amazing whatever and whatever your choice is for you is what's the right choice that's right well and i think i think monogamy can learn a lot from polyamory because yeah. like misogyny still finds its way into gay relationships as crazy as that sounds like how does that happen oh, yeah, when you're both men well, it does. It absolutely can still happen. Um, well, we learned, and, we learned from our parents. You know, so yeah, like, you're conditioned for these gender roles. And when you've been conditioned yeah. for that, and then both of you are trying to fit a role and leave a void, it's when you lose those gender roles and you just accept your partners for partner for what they are and how they contribute and how your puzzle pieces align with each other. That's when the magic happens. But you're well, like, you, like you were you saying about the sun it. and the moon. What, what, like what you're saying about the sun and the moon, you know, that's it. That's I love that term. I'm going to start using. Um, <laughs> but no, like, uh, like the sun and the moon. It's like we, but we encompass both those energies. We encompass many kinds of energy. It's not just like, you know, masculine and feminine. Those, those words don't, don't really equate anymore. Yeah, they don't. And I've even taken it a step further too lately. When one of the things I like about pup world is something I've been talking to people about lately is subdom feels very binary for me. And when mm-hmm. I think about the people in my life, because right now I don't have partners, but I have friends that I have sex with who my relationships with them are just what they are. Like some of them are a little romantic. Some of them are a little more platonic. Um, but I think of like pack dynamics and I love the whole handler, alpha, beta, gamma, omega, and not oh, yeah. necessarily in a, a structural like power structure of what's what, but it just feels like subdom, but taking the binary out of it and like how yeah. it can, and you can think of like the submissive dominant team. <laughs> um, well, yeah, definitely. And, and like alpha and all those words, they mean different things to different people. Like I, I teach classes too. I teach them. Um, I taught, taught them at Qua the last couple of years and I've taught them all over the U S basically. And when I, when I teach the classes, that's one of the main things I say. I say, well, you need to find out what's right for you and your and who you're with. Because um, people do things differently. And they say there's, you know, there's, there's other people who are like, oh, this is right and this is wrong. I mean, like, there might be a guideline, definitely. But I think that find what works for you. 
So. Yeah, that's exactly like I actually have ran into my first person who told me I'm not supposed to lock myself. <laughs> and I was really? Like, yeah, yeah. And I, out of everybody I've ever met, I've been waiting for that day because I was really afraid of it when I first first did it. Um, so it finally happened. But and you know what? I stood my ground. I was like, nope. <laughs> I own my key, and it's mine. I was like, if I'm vibing with Definitely. someone, they can borrow it for a night, and I'm taking it back in the morning. Um, <laughs> right. yeah, and, and that's that's the way it is. <laughs> it's just what it is. That's what that's how it works for me. And if we vibe, we vibe. Um, right. So I'm gonna flip the script for a moment. Do you have any okay. questions for me? Yeah, so let me see here. Um, so I ask, I always ask pups a few. Totally ask you the questions I always ask. Um, one of them is, what do you see in the pup scene right now? Um, I, I see right now in the pup scene, there, there seems to be this like unintentional gatekeeping. Um, and I, like the phrase comes up, like, I love that for you. And I used to hate when people said that, but now I'm starting to understand where that comes from because like, there's just like furries, there's like groups of people that you know what it's completely not sexual for them and then there are people that it is completely sexual for them and then there's those who fall in the middle and i don't like when those groups are telling each other the other's wrong and i see that happening sometimes in the pup community especially with the neurodivergent accessibility needed community who finds pup play and it's filling a different need necessarily than like the kink space. However, there is a little bit of the kink in there and they're feeling safe in that. Um, And I don't like when either one of those groups is judging the other for being too sexual or not sexual enough. Um, It's not even right. That's not the decision. Yeah. And I see a clash happening sometimes at events and things like that. And it creates these awkward spaces and energies um and i think it is possible to all exist in the same space i've had to learn how to do it i had my own is this right am i am i like i've battled imposter syndrome at one point because i wasn't sure um if i was in the right space or not and like i've had to grow and learn for that but that's something i wish was a little i wish we could really keep keep doing the work to come together to make sure like everybody is welcome in those spaces and that goes on both ends, though. Like, yeah. that also means that the neurodivergent accessibility puppies aren't, you know, hating the cheerleader just because they're the cheerleader. Just because, you know, someone is pretty or privileged or coming into the space to have fun. And I've heard things like the word normie before. Like, we don't like normies or we don't like neurotypical no, people. And, like, that's not okay either. And so it no. happens on both ends. Um, and that's something that I wish was that that would be my answer to that. I wish that was a little bit different. Just this is that that's what I was saying earlier. Like, if, if people could just get past this whole bickering and talking back and forth thing, and then just ex- hands out and say, "Hey, I understand you. You're different than me. I accept you," and then just being with them, you know, like I don't understand why people hold all their cards close to them, like they have something to hide, and it's not. It, it's not like that it doesn't need to be like it's it's literally one of the biggest problems in the community any community overall so 
Yeah, and actually, I have one more thing. I'm going to add one other thing in there that I, I do think yeah. I wish would be done. It's okay to have exclusive spaces. If oh, my like gosh. If so I could get out to anybody is, like, exclusive spaces and themed events and parties create safe places for people to express themselves to come out. If you try to make, like, this generalized all-size, every one-size-fits-all kind of kink event all the time, it it – the individual ones lose their their specialty and you you won't get the people that like maybe that is literally the only thing they're into and they're not going to come out because they're scared of other stuff so having you know inclusive is not the same thing as like having a pup night or a pet night right or you know maybe like yeah it's if you want to teach specific events or things like that like all of that is okay it's 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 not bad to like say hey this event we're having tonight is for this thing or this training that we're doing tonight we're going to talk about diaper pups tonight um and right. pup and like those are all right. great things and if you know if it's not someone's cup of tea you mm-hmm. don't need to cater and change your whole event around because a couple oh. it's not a couple people's cup of tea um it's, that, it's um it's it totally marginalizes everything. Everything just starts falling into this like bland area when that happens. Yeah. And yeah. that being said, I'll, I'll put the caveat in there though. Like your space should absolutely be open to like people of color, trans people, um, anyone with accessibilities, hearing impaired, vision impaired, um, mobility impaired. Like that's not the same thing. Like those things are a must have at all spaces. Um, and if you can't figure out how to do it, ask for help. And if you look around and notice that these people aren't there, you need to really sit with yourself and ask why. Um, yeah. And not just like try to get them there, but re- like if you build it, they will come. And if they're not there, then it's not built right. And so, well, yeah, uh, it's like the, the deaf community um, is actually one of the communities that, that I really am strong there should be people who sign at every event okay and um uh, luckily we've got a really strong group of uh group of people who are they believe that as well and i would i will happily pay someone that's good up and sign during the contest which we have every single one i want to transcript my podcast so bad but it's like such a difficult thing to do and there's ai that'll do it but then you have typos and to have a human being do it it takes a lot of money and time so someday someday when i have sponsors that is the first thing i'm going to do is pay for transcripts because i do recognize the deaf community that's out there um and i it's one of my goals in getting sponsorship is to have transcripts of the podcast because i've been i've had people ask for it um they they attend like the, the thing is is like um when they know that they're welcome and they know that there's that there's going to be someone signing, they will come because they don't get that everywhere. And it's like they actually enjoy it. We have tons of people who are deaf in the community and people don't even realize it. You know, it's like they're everywhere. And it's really important. I, I think sign language is important and all of that. Um, I, um, I'm not very good with my hands, unfortunately, but I've been I, I do know some sign language and I definitely know how to speak clearly so they can read my lips as well. So it's like, it's really important. I think. Mouth. Yeah, I'm pretty good with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm pretty, no, I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> what was your other question? Oh, okay. So the other question is, <laughs> this is a fun one. You're going to love this. 
what was the funniest time that you saw someone's tail fall out? I don't think I've seen someone's tail fall out no! before. Okay, almost everybody I know has seen seen that happen. No, okay. I haven't. I so I haven't. I been in the well, hold there. I have tail stories though. Um, oh yeah, tell me, tell me, tell me your tail. Yeah. So people, <laughs> when I was at that pool party, someone thought someone's tail was inserted, and it wasn't. And so there was all these questions about that, and like for like they're in the pool. I'm like, you were just at an orgy last night with forty something people you don't know, and you're worried about someone wearing a tail in the pool. Okay, like <laughs> crazy. Like come That's on, crazy dude. time. Come on, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love those uh, double standards. Right? Oh, like, that, yeah. that's your concern? We literally go and have sex on, like, with tons of random people on a cruise ship and go to eat at a buffet, I, and then you're I mean, worried my, about a tail in a pool. <laughs> I mean, the last thing that I say to any friends that are going on a cruise or going to Palm Springs or whatever is, I'm going to make sure to book that, that clinic visit on Monday. I mean, like, it's just, like, I'll no matter what you I'll talk about that, actually. So... There's Telegram chats and everything that everyone's in. People are so good about taking care of that stuff beforehand. I um, think so too. Yeah, yeah. We, everyone's so open about those conversations. Um, people talked about it on the cruise. Everybody I met was on DoxyPep, and if you don't know what that is, talk to your doctor. I know. Um, I'm on it. Don't right abuse now. it. I'm on it. Don't. Ab- yeah. Don't not. abuse yeah. it. But like, because like being aware of like the downsides of that, like your skin and your gut biome, as well as like creating super bugs if you're not careful. Um, right. Those are real threats with it. But definitely talk, like if you're going to have a crazy weekend in Palm Springs or on a cruise ship, it's definitely worth talking to your doctor about. Um, yeah. You know, and vaccinations. Yeah. Vaccinations are another one. If you are someone who finds those to be important, like I got vaccinated, I got updated hepatitis shots. I got a meningitis shot. A lot of people in the community don't know that meningitis is actually something that has been affecting gay men in our community. It just hasn't gotten the spotlight because of monkeypox. Because, um, right. and it had an outbreak in Florida about the same time as monkeypox, but obviously, monkeypox was a much more serious threat at the moment. Um, right. And then afterwards, everybody was at the clinics, and it's still a little too soon to, like, we're still in the window where things could pop up that you tested negative for. Uh, right. I've had two myself. What I can tell you, I haven't heard anyone come out and say that they've gotten any STIs yet. I'm sure it's out there. Oh, that's good. Um, but what we have gotten, <laughs> that doesn't mean that 5,300 men rubbing up on each other for eight days didn't spread some pathogens. Uh, the flu it went around. Right. The throat went sure. around. COVID went around. Of course it did. went around. So we got all the <laughs> kindergarten diseases for like <laughs> for sharing our toys on the playground. But like, go team, go. We managed to. So far, it looks like we prevented STIs. <laughs> well, that's why I think it is really important for people who are um, active to definitely look into the doxy the doxy thing because uh, it's really it's really very it's a delicate matter. You've got to do it right, but it does help. Yeah, it's pretty neat how that works. Yeah. Um, do you have any other questions? Um, no, man. I'm 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 feeling good. I, I'm very Me happy too. with the way this has gone. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to give you a second. Uh, what All are right. your current parties, projects? When's the next event? Uh, you know, take the stage for a second and promote. Okay. Okay. So, um, every month I have two parties. Um, the first party is called Cocksock. It is a it is a 
fundraiser partly for testicular cancer, but it's also a party where everyone goes and they get down into a sock. You know, that's what away. And um, it's a very, very hot party. And it's been getting more and more popular. It's at the Bullet Bar in Los Angeles or North Hollywood. And then um, we also have one called Glow Me, where we it's a blacklight body paint underwear party where people come and they get painted by professional artists here that we, that we supply. And um, they'll paint whatever you want on you. And uh, that's a really, really fun party. It's kind of like, um, I came up with it when I was, it's really, really cool. Um, and that one's on the uh, third Saturday of every month. And then the two big ones for puppies are coming up here. Um, we have um, one is called Dog after Vogue. <laughs> and um, it's um, our last title holder. Um, was named or is named um, Kieran, and uh, they love um, they love like as well as you know just one of the most incredible pups I've ever met, and they have a fashion show basically of all basically it's all it's all and also all pup um, designers, and uh, they do that and that's coming up I believe on July second, I hope I <laughs> um, and then. The big ones for me are on um, at the very, very tail end of um, March. We've got um, the 24th of March. We have do Leather Dog Pound, which is a huge party. It's the biggest dog pound of the year we throw. And um, it'll have, it's got dancers at it. And Fort Trough is giving us all sorts of stuff for a raffle for it. So you'll get cool Fort Trough stuff if you come enter the raffle. And um, it's during LA Leather Week. So it's like a big old leathery hot party full of men and puppies and then um the last the last thing that we have going on is um um there's there's something that's called the off sunset the off sunset um sorry the off sunset festival and um in, in the um off sunset puppy olympics and that happens on uh sunday march 26th this year and um that's that there's tens tens of thousands of people that go to that so um, well, that's going to be really awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. That's so awesome. All of these events and I'm honestly just stunned right now. I didn't even know you did that much. Um, well, cool. Well, I wish you success in that. I obviously need to get my tail down to LA to meet you <laughs> and attend some of this. Cause I've never been to anything like that. Um, well, our yeah, stuff I mean, really small. <laughs> let me know if you want to go to the, um, if you want to go to the contest or anything like that, I can set it up and stuff. So let me know. Yeah, absolutely. I myself this weekend, I'm flying down to San Francisco. Hopefully on Friday, I would like to go to the Mr. S uh, customer appreciation social. Um, Ooh, that's so much followed, fun. Right? I really want to go to that. And then later that night, I'll be at Stank, uh, which is an armpit smelling competition that'll be at Powerhouse. Um, and then the next day is Fog City Pack is throwing their first event of the year called Alpha um and, Name. <laughs> right it's at club yeah. six it's a sex positive but also mostly music uh focused event i the dj i know one of the djs will know getting close to, i would consider him a friend um <laughs> one of the djs <laughs> that is playing there so i'm really excited about that it's also like my first sex positive like show event that's pup focused and fox city pack is a huge uh event organization that's in sf and so I'll be there. Um, and then are you going to go to Folsom this year? Um, yes, actually, I am definitely going. 
so we'll definitely see each other at Folsom then because I it'll be my first time and I'm really oh, excited wow. about it. It's a lot of fun, definitely. And Dory Alley, the, the counterpoint to that, that's the beginning the end of summer, is it? It's no, it's the beginning. The beginning of summer, that one's also pretty amazing as well. I'm debating on Dory Alley. I, you know, everybody and every dog I know is like, you also need to go to Dory Alley. Please go to Dory Alley. Dory Alley. Dory Alley. Dory Alley. I, I, like... I personally like it better. It's like I, I've had more fun in it, and it's the first one I went to. Um, Folsom is much larger. And um, it, it's just a lot more. So I don't know. I these days as I've got as I get older, less people is more for me. Like I can enjoy that more. So yeah, I've heard that. Well, all right. Thank you so much for being yeah. on the show. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Yeah, same to you. All right, friends. Thank you, and take care. Bye.